Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Investor Frame podcast. I'm your host, Paul Sparks. And on this show, we ask successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs to share their stories so we can learn from their experiences and get closer to the things that we want in life. Today, I have a guest with me, Esteban Andrade. He is a the owner of MotivatedSeller.com. He's a co-founder of RemoteLatinos.com. He and I met through a mutual group called Family Mastermind. He's doing so many cool things. We're just now getting to know each other, but I'm excited to have him share his vis uh, vision today about helping 10,000 real estate investors in the Latin American world get financial freedom through digital marketing systems. It's, it's an exciting thing what he's working on. Uh, Stabon, welcome into the show. It's great to have you. Man, Paul, thank you so much. It's uh, it's an honor being in your in your show. I appreciate you saying that, man. Well, uh, we always start this show off with a six-word update. So what is your six-word update today? Yeah. So currently, currently uh, looking to hire my first executive assistant after having a team of 27 people. Uh, that's uh, that's almost done deal. Uh, we're about to onboard them, onboard, onboard the executive assistant on Tuesday. So that's a huge win. Second thing is we are actually going to um, uh, incorporate a few of our family members into a real estate investing side of the business. Uh, now that we have every single tool, resource, and training, and an entire team to like help them understand how real estate investing works in 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 the USA, and uh, then they can help me go through more deals faster or just build a a, a bigger sales team. Um, and the third thing is that we're looking to get into technology. So technology is kind of a graduation of what an agency is. A service company graduation is usually tech side. Uh, so tech enabled agency. Uh, if you think about like Patrick Bet David, he recently did, did an exit of his company where it was a technology enabled service for financial experts. Hmm. Um, is that my third or my fourth? <laughs> I think that was third. <laughs> the third. The, the third. There you go. Um, the fourth one is that we um, we're looking to start really, really running now advertising on remote Latinos. Key people actually got to know us through word of mouth. We are in different coaching programs. But one of the biggest ways that we know that companies scale is through paid advertising. You can always do organic marketing, affiliate marketing. Uh, referrals have a great product but if you ultimately want to scale and let's say you're still running like cold calling paid advertising is one of the methods to have that linear scale that you can actually control so we're going to start running facebook ads your people are going to start seeing us all over with remote latinos um the fifth one is that uh we are partnering up with one of our clients uh so she's an investor that we've been actually fulfilling for a long period of time already have given her Facebook ads, Google ads. We have given her uh, remote Latinos lead managers. We have given her uh, disposition managers. And now she saw so much value that she knows that real estate investors and wholesalers have an issue in building teams. So mm -hmm. we're coming up with this backend offer for people so that they see, so that they see how not only getting people and team members is essential, but knowing how to, not only knowing how to properly hire, interview them and onboard them, but like knowing how to properly retain them, train them, keep them alive in your company, make them 
make them feel like they're part of the team, growing a culture, ultimately uh, being able to duplicate this and multiply this with all different team members to build actual high-performing teams and a great culture and you know a place where you really want to go and work to. So that's mm -hmm. REI uh, elite REI teams that we're building. And I guess the sixth one is that um, we are inviting people to our in-person guest, like sorry, in-person podcast. Uh, we have a podcast in Miami. And uh, if, uh, if people want to go and enjoy the beach, uh, the palm trees and the good weather, there is a, um, there's an opportunity for you to come to this podcast. Actually, you see it. Uh, you're gonna go sit down here with me. We're gonna uh, dive into dive into like great stuff. Uh, we have awesome, awesome like guests. We had a uh, eye buyer from Latin America recently. We had uh, three sisters that uh, got fourteen thousand entrepreneurs into an arena because they are building one of the biggest educational programs in uh, Latin America. And sh now they're coming in here to the United States to doing kind of like a school launch. There's a lot of guests that we've had here uh, in this podcast. So um, we we are really excited to have people like Paul in person. That's awesome, man. Emily. You guys are doing a lot. And I've, I've been sort of following you uh, in your journey, but I want you to tell a little bit about your history as an entrepreneur. You know, you're a young guy. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this world because, you know, all the things that you just described there, there's so much experience that clearly you have built over the years in order to not only build this type of success in your own business, but you're now sort of providing a turnkey type solution for other real estate investors, you know, through digital marketing, hiring systems, all this type of stuff. But tell us how you got to that point. Yeah. It's crazy to think that a lot of people are majority of us that they love to learn new things. We have that knowledge in our head and it's not unlocked just yet. It's in the locking. It's locked right there in your head. And you can really utilize it. You can really put your knowledge to practice because the first thing that you have to get rid of is the mental part, the mental barrier. And for the longest time, I've been preparing to learn and learn and learning skills or learn having knowledge until I got that unlocking system, which was right in the right in the beginning of COVID, where I lost my job. And uh, and honestly, like before that, I've been training my mind to ultimately make decisions faster, uh, have a better belief on certain things that, for example, it will keep us stuck from make, taking action, right? For a long time, I was just not uh, remo removing myself from the job or quitting the job in order to go all in into entrepreneurship. So as long as you are unlocking that mental barrier, a lot of you have what it takes to actually put things into practice because you have a lot of knowledge. The knowledge is out there. The 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 skills are out there to learn them, to like see what's what's going on with like, for example, YouTube University to Paul is giving all this type of lessons with their podcast. Uh, Steve Trang, which is Paul's uh, partner, also gives a lot of stuff in his podcast. Alex Ramosi gives a lot of stuff in podcasts. But me unlocking that did not come until really life told me to go ahead and do it. That's your only option. That's when COVID hit, lost my job. And uh, but before that, man, uh, I've been trying new things. I've been trying to do some sort of many different options or many different things. And as a, me as a visionary that I am, 
and uh, you know, that also go, goes with my sign. I'm a fire sign. Is that I want to go, 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 and I want to do, do, do. And um, I'm a visionary. I think big, and and I want to be able to like do different things and find my passion. But ultimately, I know I'm gonna find my passion. I'm optimistic about finding my passion. So all mm -hmm. these attributes help me to um, go into Amazon FBA, try e-commerce for a little bit. Maybe it didn't work out. Maybe it wasn't my thing at that moment. Um, even though we're going to release a store here for the agency real soon. Um, and I tried uh, private labeling, like, again, selling through private label on, on e-commerce dropshipping. Uh, then I tried uh, to understand what it, what lead generation was all about uh, with uh, realtors, gym owners, personal trainers. And, and that was an opportunity that was given to me uh, really by a little bit of luck, and uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a lot of effort in showing up. Someone gave me the opportunity. One of my ex partners gave me the opportunity to come work for me. Uh, we'll split everything 50-50. You take care of the lead generation part. That was around in 2000 in 2019 where I got into lead generation. Um, but man, like just to quickly summarize and like give a conclusion, uh, all of you guys got everything what it takes to actually start a business or become an entrepreneur is just that what is going to stop you most of the time is going to be the work that needs your brain, like that your brain needs ultimately. So mm -hmm. I spent literally three years of my, of my life after graduation, just exercising my brain, like listening to mindset stuff, beliefs, changing my belief system, right? Change, uh, understanding why other successful or, or great people um, or the very successful people, the multimillionaires, why do they think the way they think? And why does it, why, why do they do something that works? Yeah, it seems so simple and uh, they make it seem so easy. Um, and and why, why are they doing things differently? So studying all of that, um, it took me to, to really go deep into uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, it first started as a side hustle and then once COVID, once COVID hit, Boom. I went yeah. and started business. I mean, I had a similar situation. I was uh, getting ready to close one of the biggest deals of my sales career. I worked in corporate and, you know, we were getting ready to close. It was like a $7 million deal with United Airlines. Um, and then of course, March, 2020 hits and it's like, oh, we can't write you that check. Uh, we're going to have to hold that for a while. And boy, is th this sense of like, well, what am I going to do? You know, and I know a lot of people struggle with, you know, this idea of analysis paralysis. I think I don't struggle with that. I'm one of these people who is like, I'm just going to jump in and try a bunch of things. And it's funny because I had a similar experience to you. I call it my Jenga blocks, right? So you've probably played Jenga before, you know, these blocks that we stack up and you're trying to move it. Well, like when you're playing Jenga, you don't just go up and mash blocks right you sort of tap on them you see which one's loose and you and you know you pull the one that's loose and that was such an analogy for what i just heard you explain which was very similar to how i approached business was like i'm going to try a couple things i'm going to give myself the freedom and the leeway to come in and i don't need to know exactly what's going to work i'm just going to start tapping on blocks i'm going to poke this one i'm going to poke that one oh this one's loose let's pull this one okay that one's not budging leave that one be you know but 
but this whole idea of analysis paralysis, it stops so many people from pressing on those things, tr being willing to try something and fail. Um, and, you know, I feel like it's fortunate almost when you have these moments where you've lost your job, that deal fell apart. You don't really have much of a choice at this point, right? You're going to have to do something. So, you know, I don't know. That's something I noticed in my life and my career was that that process of pressing on a couple different ideas, e-commerce, uh, real estate, you know, all these different things. And you kind of find the one that moves for you and the one that works. Right. Yeah. So uh, when in, when in, during COVID, when there was 2000 people laid off in Detroit, you know, I was one of them and lost my job. Uh, and then I lost my job. And then I realized two months after I was making literally like 10 times what I was making as a side hustle. So it went from $3,000 to making $25,000 per month. And I realized that uh, there is absolutely nothing great that has not been built with a level of risk. Like mm -hmm. there is nothing great right now that if you don't risk it, you're not going to get it. Like, like, there's a level of risk to some to everything to anything that you put out there. Uh, it could be uh, spending time with your family, spending time with your loved ones, with your friends, uh, having to back away from the people that you're very used to in your circle. It could be, you know, removing yourself from the job. It could be uh, start doing something that is very very uncomfortable, or be living in a place that is very very uncomfortable, or ultimately uh, just accepting the fact that something needs to be done a way that you believe is not, but you need to do it in order to make, you know, in order to make it happen. And I think that people are not, are not better than you. They just figure out a way to learn something that you don't know. Uh, they they're doing something that you don't, you're not doing. And they also believe something that you currently don't believe. So if you attacked all those three things, and you ultimately go towards those, you're gonna be able to, to make, uh, 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 you, you're gonna be able to make a decision to be a little bit riskier and to get to where you wanna be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, couple of things that you said there uh, that really resonate with me. And we talk a lot about inside of our community, uh, the Whale Club, we talk a lot about um, what we call biases. So, you know, we're sort of born with, a certain level of hard wiring, um, you know, there's the survival instinct that we're all born with. And this idea that it manifests itself differently for different types of people. Some people have, you know, a survival instinct towards like chasing more and more and more like uh, I'll go all in and, and I have a tendency towards risking more than I need to risk, right? Then there's other people who don't risk enough, right? They're sort of barely dabbling and they're not even pressing on that Jenga block hard enough to know if it's going to move because they're, they're tentative and timid. Um, but a lot of this stuff is like, we're born with that. We were born with a certain level of hard wiring and it's not about necessarily saying, how do I eliminate those things? Cause you're not going to get rid of them. A lot of times this is hard wiring. And what we need is to be able to overcome those biases and to account for them inside of the equation, right? So knowing that I'm someone who has a tendency to take on a lot more risk 
than I probably need. I have to sort of recognize that when I make decisions, I've got to account for that. It's not a bad thing. It's just like saying we got to make sure that we build situations where I have a tendency towards like, I'll just burn the boats. Like I will burn the boats and go all in without considering the downside. Right. And I thought I would, uh, I've told this story before, but I'm going to play a, a game with you and I'm going to get your opinion on this game. All right. You want to play? Yeah. Let's do it. So, so here's how this game goes. It costs you $10 to play. And if you win, you win a million bucks. Sounds pretty good. Still want to play? Yeah. Okay. So it, actually, you can play this game up to six times. So you get six chances to play. And actually, every single time, remember, if you bet $10, you're going to make a million, right? And you get six chances. So if, if you play, you actually have an 83% chance of winning this game. Pretty good, right? Still want to play? Yes. Okay, great. But what if I told you this game is Russian roulette? So yes, we're paying attention to like, right, if you if you make a $10 bet and you win, you you win a million bucks. And because there's six spots in that chamber and only one bullet, the odds are that five times out of six, which is 83% of the time, you're going to win that game. But the problem is that 17% of the time, you're going to lose and you're going to shoot your head off and you can never play again. Right. And so when you talked about risk, I like to think of that game of Russian roulette. Even if I had a chance to win a million dollars, I still wouldn't play that game because the op, because if I'm wrong and I lose, I blow my whole life up and I can't play again. Yeah. And so I like that analogy because it's it frames this whole idea of like, yeah, go all in. That's that's good. I like going all in. But let's make sure that we have, you know, accounted for the downside. What happens if we're wrong? Right. How do we make sure that we don't blow our whole life up? And this just goes back to your conversation about risk. Right. Yeah. You have to have a you have to have a feel for this is too much risk. This is too little risk. This is kind of where we need to play. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? I think that uh, if the downside is bigger and uh, way more impacting than the upside, uh, then you have to take a look at it. Am I going to be able to live with the downside? Yes. Yes or no? If it is a no, then the upside is really not going to, most of the time, not really going to matter, matter because like we can't really live with the downside. So I will make a decision that way, but like, okay, is the upside really rewarding? Is the reward so big enough, but the downside is ultimately really bad? Like, for example, in business, I still do business and I will do any type of business where I can start from ground up and do like any any type of um, from from zero to one. Um, I'll I'll do it because I know that what's my downside? That maybe we go broke. I don't make money. Maybe I have to like sell my house. Maybe I have to, you know, but is it, is it that hurtful? Honestly, I've already lived through that. And I know I can build up once again. Like mm -hmm. I, I know I can go back to the point where I am right now, regardless of the circumstances. So yeah. the downside is not that terrible. But now let's say if, what if, they, what if I had three kids, right? What if I had three kids or what if I had a wife and, uh, and I, I can't afford living in one 
bedroom because the kids are ultimately not going to be able to like sleep anywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, am I going to be able to sacrifice that? Uh, probably some people have to go through that in poverty, right? And they, they go back and bounce back once again. So it's just your level of like, is your, this is the downside going to be as, as impactful and you can't live without the downside. Uh, and still the, you know, if, even if the upside is really worth rewarding and that's, that's the way I, I would actually, uh, do that. Yeah. I think that's so good. And what I, I, I use that analogy because a lot of people will think, Oh, you're a Debbie downer. All you're looking at is what's the downside here. And it's like, yeah, but if you can figure out what the worst case scenario is with this decision, it gives you so much freedom in terms of like, well, worst case, I can handle this. I could go back to living the same way that I lived for years, right? In a small apartment, yeah. I could sell the house, could go this route. And I found that kind of considering the worst case before you consider the best case, oftentimes give gave me a lot of freedom to go out and take more risk because it's like well as long as as long as i can handle the downside who cares yeah i mean like think about it for example when people are investing into their business um is the five thousand dollar program or the ten thousand dollar program if you if you lose that money are you are you gonna die i are you gonna be able to live without that money and is that majority of the times businesses will be able to live without that money. Like you're going to be able to make that money. It might take some time, $5,000, $10,000 once again. It might slow down your progress. But now the upside is even bigger. Like yeah. the upside is that you can 4X, 5X, 6X that money. And if you follow mm -hmm. every single step that is required for them to be successful, you will get there even, even more. Right. Yeah. And uh, and it, you know, with investing, obviously, business principles and investing, you know, kind of they they kind of are similar. But you know, with this one, I uh, with investing, I see it more of a long term. With with the business, I see it both in the in terms of like what's my short uh, short gain and my long gain as well. In terms, whenever I invest into business, um, compared to like whenever I invest into like investing to real estate, for example, right that I yeah. see it for more of the long-term. Yeah. I mean, and so we have a phrase that we talk about on this show quite a bit and inside of our community, we call the barbell strategy. And, and you sort of were like showing it with your hands here, articulating it. But it's this idea that when you look at a barbell, you know, you've got one side or the other. You don't load weight in the middle of a bar. It makes no sense. You either load it on this side or you load it on this side. And when we talk about that in this context, we're actually talking about how to remove risk from something. And so the way I think about this is on one side of the bar, we want to have reliability. You know, this is the rentals that we own. These are the reliable businesses, right? You put X in, you get Y out. Very predictable and consistent. And you help people build that, that stable, reliable side of the barbell, right? Consistent predictable leads result in uh, appointments, which results in offers, which results in contracts, and we can build systems and predictability there. Then on the other side of the barbell, we have what we call asymmetric bets to the upside, meaning that the upside is really big. If we're right, this could be a huge home run. If we're wrong, eh, no big deal. 
Like, yeah, maybe it's a minor setback, but we can tolerate the worst case scenario. And it's really not that bad. And is this is the type of you know, way I think about my business. And what we want to do is we want to get stuff out of the middle, the things that aren't exactly very reliable, but they don't provide a significant amount of upside. So there's like all sorts of ways that I sort of noticed in my business where I was taking these bets that had a really high upside, but the downside was also really high, you know? Um, and so when I think about designing my life and my business, I say, well, what side of the barbell is it sit on? Is this a reliable play or is this like a long-term, like you were describing, right? Long-term businesses, long-term reliable assets, or is this an upside play and when those big upside plays hit, then you take it and you shift it over to the other side, the reliable side, right? And build more consistency. Yeah, I love that. Um, what does that I mean, look like for you? Yeah, um, that's honestly what, what we do both in business and in real estate. Um, for example, uh, right now, Hustle Media have been able to invest in other businesses uh, where we, for example, grew now Remote Latinos. And we knew that that was going to help also our clients with the, another bottleneck that they have. They come in with lead gen bottlenecks, sales bottlenecks, uh, follow up bottlenecks, and nurture bottlenecks of the leads. But they also uh, come with uh, you know building a team, which ultimately will help with all of this, all of these others as well. Uh, and so we we invested into that because we knew that in in the short term we were going to be able to help our clients even more. And once they have someone hired, that's going to be a long-term play for our clients as well, which will also retain our clients, will make them stickier to us, and ultimately will have a higher lifetime value because they'll keep coming back to us, right? Now, also Hustle Media uh, has allowed me to ultimately take that money and invest into real estate. Look, if you're a service company, if you're a service provider, or if you are a coach, consultant, or uh, you're doing anything else that it's outside of like flipping homes or wholesaling, and you and you have the opportunity to work with other wholesalers or or creative investors or just get into into that game, you're gonna see the opportunity of putting that money that now you're making into uh, into the long term play, the buy and holds. Maybe, maybe Airbnb, if you have the sauce and what it takes to actually make it, make it work. But now you're going to be able to buy from wholesalers. Now you're going to also be able to see how you can take onto creative financing deals and put that time and knowledge and effort into getting that long-term commitment to real estate, right? Because I did not go towards the wholesaling side or the flipping side, which ultimately generates revenue. because of the long sell cycle. Ultimately, that was my, that was my, that was my kind of my hurdle with it. I did not like how long it took in order to get money into the pocket. Um, I prefer to have more of a faster approach on cash conversion cycle. Mm -hmm. That's why the agency and consulting is much better for me. Um, and it fit me at the time that I needed the money, right? Uh, rather than waiting months into closing one deal. But now that I have this revenue generation, I'm able to take that money into uh, putting into uh, entry fees, for example, for creative deals, right? I love creative deals. I love buying that uh, because it is a great way to leverage uh, properties. I love to put now money into 
maybe having one or two team members that will help me um, evaluate those creative deals when someone sent it to me or when maybe, oops, sorry, there is a, <laughs> when, whenever there is a, whenever there is a opportunity with a seller that wants to sell through creative financing uh, or is acceptable, you know, as accepting the terms or willing to even negotiate, then I have one or two team members that are willing to, uh, they're, they're going to be able to, do that the job for me on negotiating or looking at this and then we can also take over that property right so mm -hmm. now i have taken that approach where okay i want to at least get five properties per year uh, on creative financing and hold into those properties for as long as, as i can to build out that momentum and i, I could be honestly it could be a good deal from a wholesaler that brings me a creative deals, right? It could be that from uh, our own website and SEO that we currently have, the seller comes in and tells us I need to sell my house. And, uh, and our first approach is creative financing. So, you know, in the last two years, I've acquired not as many properties, but I've been also with other as a limited partner in like a few multifamily properties. Um, I want to be in a general partner with a few multifamily properties on with a few people. For example, we just did a deal with Pace Morvi last year. Um, that was a, you know, LP with him on one of his deals. I wanted to get into the multifamily, like smell it, touch it, understand how it is. It was a good deal for me, uh, especially like meeting his, uh, meeting his team, meeting his, like his operations, how we would turn around a multifamily property. Uh, and it was a good experience because he flew us to the property. No one does that. And um, and he flew us to the property, uh, walked us through the entire operations of that multifamily property in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm getting into like, you know, getting to that game and getting slowly getting into uh, getting to know how I can at some point put together my own deal and be a GP of a multifamily. Mm -hmm. Right. But for now, acquiring a small multifamilies is the long-term play because fortunately enough, I mean, the, and the business of real estate, helping real estate investors and wholesalers. So we know what it takes to market for a seller and convert a seller into a contract and do marketing again to, you know, you know just fulfill into that promise. So yes. those, are, those are great things that we're currently doing and we're working on, on building a bigger team on the real estate side. Um, that's one of the goal, small goals that we have this year. Apart that's from great. that is going all in into the businesses and like help helping other real estate investors. Mm. So, well, there's a couple things. We talked earlier about this idea of the Jenga game, right? And sort of when you're getting started, you don't, you don't exactly know what's going to work, what you're going to like, what your biases, you know, and so a lot of times when you're starting out, you press on a couple different things and you see which one gives. But once you've got clarity on like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. That's when it's time to go all in. And it requires focus, right? It requires, don't try to do a million different things. Don't become a GP in a fund and try to grow your media business and also try to do creative finance deals and try to grow a wholesaling deal, right? What Esteban has done is he gets good at one thing, right? He builds reliability into that one thing 
before going and chasing after something else. It's kind of like the entrepreneur, and I struggle with this, trying to build all of these things all at once. And the risk of that is that none of it ever, you know, is, is, um, really, really good, right? You're building average things maybe. Um, but the way I look at it is, is what I heard you say is you've got to build reliability into one business first, get really good at that. Then you find something else to sort of occupy the upside side of the barbell. Now you're looking into multifamily and you're learning how to do that. You didn't jump in and just like, neglect this business in order to learn how to do this. You started slowly taking what we call micro steps, right? Slowly taking steps, getting, getting some information, touch it, smell it, get a feel for it. Once you've gotten that feel for it and it starts to become more reliable, then you can shift it to this side of the barbell and find something else to add to your upside. But yeah, that was that's like my caution to entrepreneurs is don't try to do all of these things all at once. You've yeah. built this out over years and years and years, and it's because you've gotten good, really, really good at one thing that allows you to then start layering on other strategies onto that. Yeah, and here's one thing, man. Like, uh, I personally started getting real good at generating leads leads through digital marketing and i wanted to really become an expert into that but then here's what i realized uh whenever you have freedom you have also the freedom of whatever to do whatever you want and it's exciting and it's exciting to be able to be known as this person that knows all of this stuff or feel yourself that you can do and take over the world is so freaking exciting but what it does is that it does not allow you to have a central focus, like you said, and it does not allow you to become really good at the one thing, master that one thing, make tons of money with that one thing, and then ultimately be able to graduate and give yourself permission of like, okay, now I'm going to do something that is right here, is connected to this goal, and it's it's just to the side of that, of that main focus that I currently have. And that's going to be another maybe another addition or another betterment to your fo- to your business or or, or just this the, this other great add-on that you currently have um and here here's the thing like when i started my business and i was a um a side hustler and i was just doing freelance essentially um i did e-commerce drop shipping uh fba uh flipping wholesaling, lead generation, and did not really become good at almost nothing. The time I became good at something was when I actually put the time and effort on three hours a day to four hours a day on only lead generation for realtors, for wholesalers, for gym owners, for personal trainers. And guess what? That still was a lot of things. So I went in into only wholesalers and real estate investors. So I became really good at only wholesalers and real estate investors because gym owners, even though there is very similar lead generation um, strategies, um, they're still different. It's a it's an own focus. It's a different. It's a different. It's a different animal. It's a different people that you have to talk to and a different business that you have to solve. Um, so now I became better at wholesaling real estate investing lead generation with Facebook. 
And then with Facebook, I started, you know, growing that part. And I understood that I was a master at the Facebook lead gen and I'm still learning. But now, now I'm going to add Google because, because some people that don't want Facebook, they need Google. So now I'm going to learn Google, but I already have mastered Facebook. I have already understood marketing. I have already understood what is really, what it actually takes to capture someone's attention, be able to get the right person, the right individual and tell them how we're going to help them through our process of acquiring properties, right? Through our um, funnel that we're going to take them through. Like there's going to be a landing page and a survey that is going to take them to our pipeline and, and you as an investor take over. So I became an expert in understanding marketing and understanding lead gen, the essential side of business, and then understanding sales, right? I became expert into, into understanding sales for me and for my clients. And then I added Google, right? Mm -hmm. Now, after adding Google, I, I started mastering the Google art and ultimately going deeper into Google, learning and learning, learning. And then I became uh, and started to let tap into maybe TikTok, right? Maybe TikTok is also going to work because it's similar to, to Facebook. So once you actually give yourself the mastery, now you can actually give yourself the diversity. Yes. That's yeah. so good. I heard somebody say this recently and they said, chew the food in your mouth before you put more food in there. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, that's the curse yes. of the entrepreneur is at the beginning, you don't know what you like and what you don't like. So you dabble and you, you hustle and you press a bunch of things, but then it's like the hustle becomes a different type of hustle. Now, once you figure out, okay, this fits my strengths, fits my strategies, whatever, the hustle becomes about staying focused and and disciplined not to allow the shiny objects and the people who are you know youtube university is fantastic but the the problem that i think of when i think of that is you're presented with almost like too many options it's kind of like going to a restaurant that's just got too many things on the menu you're like you can't be good at all of these things you know um so you got to you got to focus you got to pick that lane and stick to it doesn't mean you can't change your mind down the road, but it means if you want to get good at something, it requires, in my opinion, intense focus on it. And uh, you've clearly done that. And I think that's what separates successful entrepreneurs from uh, people that stay in the side hustle world, right? Is they don't know what to focus on and they don't take it and turn it into an actual you know, business that's reliable and consistent and predictable. So um, no, thank you for sharing all that. That was super helpful. All right. Um, well, this has been, it's been awesome, man. I, we've talked about a bunch of different things. Tell me a little bit more about, uh, your, what we call the solvable problem. So you are, you know, have this large, large vision. I know you were telling me all about it. I'll let you describe it, but like, what are you working towards you, you know, as Stabon personally, like, what are you building towards as your solvable problem? So think about this. Everyone has a problem to solve. They need a solution for the problems, right? Uh, but the majority of people that are starting out and also people that are in the business, continuously have the business, is just access to ability of having a deal and, um, and access to the ability of having someone that helps you get those deals. So... Whenever you're starting out, you want to be able to find and have access to actual people that need to sell a house. 
And whenever you're growing and you're starting to scale up and putting your team together, you want to have access to the right individuals that are going to help you scale the company and take you to another level, take your company to another level. So when you talk about access, why can't you give access to almost anyone for free to see what's out there and what can you, what you can actually get? And if you find that free information or that free uh, solution and you want to do something with it, then there is a small little subscription that you can be part or membership that you can be part of so that you can get all of that access essentially for very little money. Um, and, uh, and, and this is the way that... Um, Spotify, for example, operates where people wanted access to music. People wanted access to listen anywhere and everywhere in the world, right? So why can't I, for example, give access to real estate investors and wholesalers to people that are looking for a career in this country, people that never had the opportunity to move and people that are willing to work hard and even, and even harder the Americans themselves, at least the generations right now, um, working harder towards making the money, towards achieving the goal of the company, towards just showing up, uh, becoming a rock star, you know, gi giving everything what it takes in order to, to crush it in the job. And those people are not living in this country. Those people are immigrants. You think about how America had, was, was formed, was shaped by immigrants, right? It was, you have ships from Europe, you have ships from um, Asia, you have ships from um, Africa, you have ships from South America. And this country was shaped by immigrants. So if people want to come to the US, because it's, it's, it's honestly the best country in the world, uh, why don't you allow them to have a remote opportunity to be in this country and work for companies like yours or companies like mine uh, using a remote systems and help your real estate investment company. So there's going to be a technology that it's going to allow you to find people from Latin America um, or really essentially anyone that is talented, but Latin American, uh, remote Latinos, that you're going to be able to pick and choose, talk to them, listen to their video, see their intonation, see their accent, understand what their experience and ultimately, like you're going to be able to chat with them and potentially interview them, screen them, and see all our suggestions in order to choose an A player and hire a rock star so that you can ultimately uh, get that person in your team um, as look for that person as fast as possible, hire as slow as possible, and fire as fast as possible if it needs to be fired. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> so that, and that's, that's, that's what we want to do. And that's remotelatinos.com, correct? Remotelatinos.com, yeah. That's so cool, man. Yeah, it's just a passion. Your passion for that, and I can uh, I can see that in all the content that I that I watch of yours. You know, is is that you have such a heart for helping these people? I mean, this country was founded by immigrants, like you said, um, and they do excellent work. They just don't. American operators don't necessarily have the connection to that world and, and you provide that. Right. So super cool. Um, where can people go? Obviously they can go to remote but where can they go to learn more about you, 
the service, the things that you provide, or if they wanted to connect with you on that, how could they get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Instagram at Estenic. So E-S-T-E-N-I-C-K. So again, at Estenic, um, E-S-T-E-N-I-C-K. We also have a, um, a free community. Uh, we're going to move it to school.com, but it's a community for real estate investors that want to learn uh, marketing, want to learn conversion, and want to learn how to properly manage their, um, you know, their team members or remote team members. So uh, it's called uh, uh, Real Estate Investing and Wholesaling Marketing and Conversion plus VAs. <laughs> That's how it's called in Facebook. So you can find it on Facebook. You can um, just go in there and we go live. We ask questions. We try to stay consistent with our lives and podcasts that we also do inside of that in that um, inside of that group. And but we're gonna move it to school.com at some point. Uh, very very soon. Yeah, awesome. Well, we'll put all that stuff in the show notes so you guys don't have to remember it all. But uh, no, I highly recommend you checking it out. He and I were talking before this show. He's gonna, we're gonna take a look at uh, some of the the virtual assistants he's got. I've got some needs that I'm looking to hire for. So, yeah, I'll, I'll follow up with you on that stuff. Absolutely, but, um, the videographer, video, the video person, acquisitions manager, all of that. You you got it, man. I love it. Uh, Esteban, what is we like to finish the show with what is maybe your greatest lesson learned in business. We've talked a lot about your journey. This could, this could probably be something that we've already covered, but what is the greatest lesson you've learned so far in business that you'd like to leave the listeners with? Man. Um, and, and I struggle with this. So I'm going to obviously say it because I struggled with this for a long time. Uh, you start this business being selfish and it's okay to be selfish at the very beginning. It's okay to think about yourself and how you're going to make money and how you're going to elevate and you're going to like master all of this. And you, you, you think about these cars and, and, and houses and, and like making a lot of money or whatever. Some of them, they have different goals, but you start selfish. But it, uh, the only way for you to continuously grow and sustain, sustainably grow and like achieve bigger things is by becoming selfless. Uh, and one of the biggest things that I learned is that now selfless means now that you're thinking not about yourself, but you're thinking about your team, the people are that are surrounding you, the people that are helping you. So everything that is great happening in your business, ultimately, is going to be because of your team. Ultimately, it's going to be because of the people that have helped you around that. So if you, for example, are selfish and you don't want to go into one-on-ones. You, you don't want to go into like the daily meetings, into daily huddles, into, uh, you know, just the training for to make sure that these team members grow. Then it's, it's unlikely that you're going to achieve big things. It's unlikely that you're going to do it. Like you're probably going to get to a, to a point, but in order to sustainably grow, sustainably have that path. Oh, I got you. So good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I don't know, glitchy, but okay. In order to in order to sustainably grow is where I I I left off with you. In order to sustainably grow, you have to become selfless, yeah, and um and really think about others than no, really, thinking about yourself. That's true, man. That's very true. That's great advice. 
Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was a, was a great show and I appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to uh, swapping podcasts with you and coming on your show as well. Um, but yeah, man, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, man. I appreciate you a lot. And uh, I'll see you in the podcast for the online hustlers. Awesome. I'll see you in Tampa as well. Yeah, for sure. A couple of weeks, we'll be in Tampa hanging out and uh, in person. So for everybody else, thank you for tuning in. We encourage you to use the investor frame. So knowing what you know now and the conversation that Esteban and I just had, what changes do you need to make in your life, your business, so you can get closer to the things that you want in life? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys.